everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about ominous smokestacks, sepia filters, and the 100th episode of Once Upon a Time. I'm Beth Elderkin. I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? We're at two over 200 episodes of this podcast and now 100 episodes of this show. It goes on forever. We are seasoned professionals at this point. We are subject matter experts. We are we are as in deep as we possibly could be. I'm feeling great. I had a great time watching this episode. I I am all in in the second half. I enjoyed myself a lot more than I thought would. And I opened and closed the show by crying. I may just be an emotional mess, uh, but who knows? <laughs> Yes, yes, you're talking about season five, episode 12, Souls of the Departed, the mid-season premiere that aired on March 6th, 2016, and it is the 100th episode of Once Upon a Time, and they were they were pushing this real hard, and for a good reason, because 100 episodes is a big accomplishment, especially nowadays. It's very rare for shows to make it to 100 episodes, especially shows like this. Yes. Very, you know, niche fantasy science fiction. You know, there's we're seeing right now a big trend in in shows getting canceled and their their episodes getting removed from streaming services to oh. save money. It's it's not a great time. And so even though the show is very stupid at times, I think it's a fun thing for us to celebrate that we that the show got to over 100 episodes. So we got a lot of episodes of this of this show of this story. Yeah, um, and just just for just a quick moment, just to get my like crazy prepper mode out of the way, guys. Make sure if you like shows and stuff, get hard copies or get it on your own devices the best way you can, because shows just go away now. They just mm-hmm. enter the ether, and I would hate for that to happen with a show like this. And wouldn't that be like wild? This show just disappears from the face of the earth. But somehow our podcast persists. It's like, we don't have any episodes of Once Upon a Time to ever look back on. But we do have these two crazy ladies talking about it. And we've put together a pretty good uh, idea of what the show is and all of their ideas of what the show could be. And so we have about 15 different shows that we could put piece back together. <laughs> um, yeah, this is great. I mean, with like, I mean, you know how it is. Netflix cancels shows after two to three seasons. Um, and yet Emily in Paris strives on. Oh yes, we were just talking about Emily in Paris and her and her wacky outfits oh, uh, right before we started taping. Oh man, talking about wacky outfits, I have so much to say about uh, Regina and her mother's matching birthday outfits that obviously Regina didn't plan, but Cora clearly had a hand in uh, because it is I was delighted by some of the choices in this episode. Absolutely <laughs> delighted. So this episode was written by the showrunners and directed by Ralph Hemmicker. You know, no surprise there. You know, no. you've got, because this is the 100th episode. This is the big thing. And before we really get into everything, I'm going to come out and say something a little controversial. Uh-oh. A little shocking. I didn't mind Hades. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I am with you because I don't I like this actor. Like I he's fine, he does a good job. And it was fine. And then the hair went for no reason. Like that's going to be the thing that I'm going to complain about the most is that there was no trigger for the weird shift in his hair. 
Like, I wished it would have been for some other reason. But in this episode, his introduction was solid. I could have done without seeing his feet. Like... (laughs) Apparently that was the actor's idea for him to be introduced getting a pedicure. I think he just, I don't want to, I don't want to assume things about that choice, but apparently that was the actor. I, so I didn't mind the hair probably because I was ready for it. I was prepared. I knew it was bad. So like, I just accepted it. I think that's going to be the theme of this whole season. I've accepted accepted (laughs) that it's not good. So it makes it great. I had a blast watching this episode. No, no, I had a blast. And I know I texted you in all capital letters, oh my God, the hair is so much worse than than I thought it was. And it is because I forgot that it looks like someone drew the hair on, on like the film itself. Like if they had made the film and they went like, hey, you guys, shouldn't we have made Hades hair blue? And someone went in with a Crayola marker and colored, because it doesn't look like it's attached to his head. It doesn't look like fire. And the the other weird part is that there's already something giant and blue near him. So it's it was a lot of weird choices with that. I'm fine with the actor. Hades wasn't bad. And the hair is terrible. But I'm with you but I've accepted it. I feel like we've we have like a life coach and we've we've we're like doing faux mental health. I've accepted it. Like we just keep <laughs> saying it. Hopefully it will just settle. <laughs> It'll it. yeah, I've been just, the story also, terrible, but I've accepted it. I think we also need to accept that premieres, you know, new introductions of stories tend to be better than the product we get later on because they run out of they run out of runway very fast. That said, I I cannot wait to talk about this episode. It starts with a big moment. A moment that I remember when I saw it for the first time made me gasp. Because they made it a super secret. Like, it was filmed on a soundstage. No one was told about it. This cameo was... Because a lot of the cameos, like um, Regina's father in particular, were very much hyped for the 100th episode. They did not say a thing about this one. I remember that once, like when we first watched this, this is when we were thinking that there were going to be a lot of secret cameos. Mm -hmm. Because we held on to, don't worry, Graham will show up any moment now. For, I think, too long. We did. I think yeah. we held on to that hope for too long. And guys, I'm just going to let you guys know, if for some reason you are watching this blind with us, uh, like for some reason, sorry, uh, I feel like we spoil everything, uh, but I'm just going to let you know, Graham doesn't show up, just let that one go. Just yeah. let it go. He doesn't come back. He's moved on. He's busy. In this moment in time, in what we are currently watching, he is busy filming probably, I think, the second Fifty Shades movie. Um which, I mean, get that bag, but ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, those, those, those films, they were, there were choices made. So, yeah, so Neil is in this scene, and he's great. He's wearing a hat on his head, I'm presuming, because his hair is probably different. The actor's hair was probably a different color or something. Yeah, probably. And, you know, he was dead, so, he, you know, you don't get a makeover when you're dead. Okay, listen. So they randomly explain, like, it's like, why does Storybrooke, why does Underworld look like, uh, why does the Underworld look like Storybrooke? And and Rumple just full on just goes, try not to think about it too much. It just is. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> I wish they did that all the time. Just be like, Neil, why do you have like a, like, neon pink mohawk? Oh, we can do whatever we want in the afterlife. Like, 
we get like in heaven because that's where I am because I went to the good place. There is a salon and I get to do everything I've always wanted. You want to see all these extra tattoos I got? They're temporary, but they look so real. Also, they if it, there's butterflies on them and if I flap my wings, they fly away. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been so unhinged? Because this whole scene with him is so great and it sets up a good like mystery tension element of it but wouldn't that have been just that if they ruined it at the very end where he just had these terrible wings and just flapped away <laughs> i'm an angel but this, yeah, this this was so good i loved this scene i mean i tears were legit coming down my face because i was like neil's back i did not have this reaction when we first watched it but now that we've like we've powered through the first like mm-hmm. all the way to here i feel like i have more of a connection with the loss of neil this was a great scene. Yeah, and it's also great because he he like one of the first things he says is like how's our son? And mm. and he also knows that she's with Hook and he knows that she's happy with him and he's totally supportive of that. Like there's this he's this is a good ex. He's a good solid ex and he's in heaven, but he's very coy about it cuz she asks him where he's at cuz he's not in the underworld. He you're only in the underworld of the show. If you have unfinished business, let's just we're just going to hand wave that that that's not anything like any version of the underworld in Hercules, in Greek mythology, in heaven and hell. We're just going to hand wave it because this is the once upon a time version. Blah, 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 blah. I, I lo- and, and I will probably talk about it. But like, again, I think I've mentioned it before. I I came up. I'm going to I'm going to use the term vaguely Catholic. Like I was baptized and stuff, but we didn't like do a lot of the churchy stuff. So I have a lot of the learnings without a lot of the. Uh, without a lot of the, you know, actually going to, to church thing. So I'm always very aware of a lot of the themes and watching people tiptoe around afterlife stuff is always my favorite because you can't, like they, they do the underworld and they're trying to make it the Disney underworld kind of, but then they're trying to also do the Greek mythology underworld kind of. And then they're like, also people get to go to the good or the bad place. But they never name either side. Yeah. They're just like, we will just, they will just be, well, the warm light and the fire. Like, those are the options. And it's just like, we won't piss anybody off <laughs> if we, if we just don't name things. It's somewhere else. It's you either get else. birds or fire. You either walk away smiling or frowning. <laughs> frowning thing. as you fall by surrounded by the flames. I'm not going to lie. When she was in the elevator, I was actually surprised it didn't tell her that she was on level 666. Like, I was so sure <laughs> that they were going to. I'm sure that, that they thought about it. And oh, it might have actually been shot. And then they were like, guys, we can't. No. We can't do this at no. all. This is a family show. It's a family show. The Mark of the Beast cannot be shown. <laughs> Even though they're very cagey about the whole afterlife thing. And, and Neil tells her, you know, I'm somewhere else. I'm happy. It's very vague. Um, I did like it when we we zoom out to the car. And in the background, the roller coaster's name is Revelation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I, they can't just say things. They have to just put it in the back. Like easter egg stuff like i mean you're gonna get what you're gonna get out of this like i i don't know we named the cotton candy stand jesus's cotton candy stand if you want to read into that that's on you whoa Whoa. someone's looking a little too deep so this is a bit of a repeat from the 
Arthur, sorry, from the Merlin Emma scene we get at the beginning of season five A, where he's telling her not to do something. In this case, Neil is like, don't don't chill in the underworld, okay? You got to get out right away. This is bad, bad place for you. It's not the bad place, but you might get stuck in the bad place. It's just not going to go well for you. I know you want your boyfriend back, but it's not going to happen. Sorry. I do. Also, I miss you, and you're great, and I love you. So the good place, I don't think the good place existed when we first watched this ep- this no, show. Um, I don't think so either. But I do like, because now I'm relating it to that, because I liked... I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. The last episode of The Good Place, the series finale, emotionally wrecks me in a way that I don't think a show ever has been. I have a very, like, I, I, the, well, I'm not going to do it, but it's, it's one of those shows that, like, just absolutely emotionally devastates me. So it stuck with me. I couldn't stop thinking about it on this episode. And I was just like, yeah, like, there's a good place and the bad place. And then I'm like, oh my God, the underworld is the medium place. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fine. It's just like if, if, if the medium place had been like a city, everyone's just sort of there and no one's happy or sad. It's just, they're there. It's just sapia filter. It's just, it's just sapia filter. I cannot believe how hard they hit us in the face with the sapia filter. The preview for the episode was in sapia filter. The title card was in sapia filter. Guys. <laughs> it was a mix of sapia filter and red gels, depending on what scene you were in. Like they, they, cause, because let's cats out of the bag. The underworld is our same set with yeah. a few cosmetic changes. Yeah. Mainly a few things have been destroyed. It's, it's very Mad Max light. It's diet Mad Max. You know, they, they arrive in Storybrooke as Abby mentioned, they start asking questions about why it looks like Storybrooke and Rumple just says, shut up. Don't, because don't worry about it. Because he's been here before and like. Rumpel's got a lot of, like, unknown lore about the underworld at the moment, including his blood being involved. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And the, the, he tells that to Belle, and Belle in no way questions that and be like, why does your blood open the gates to hell, Rumpel? Also, why are you being all mean and season one-ish again? Like, uh, where was the hero thing? Rumpel's behavior in this episode... I feel like Robert Carlyle just didn't give a crap. He, I think this is about the part where he started kind of just phoning it in. Yeah. Love him to death. He does such a great job. But at this point, I think he was just, I'm going to say, I'm going to, pure speculation, conjecture, whatever you want to call it. I don't think he probably cared for that. Now he's the dark one again. I think he was ready and geared up to do a redemption arc and do something different with the character because Robert Carlyle is an actor, actor, actor. Like, he cares. And I think that that was probably one of those things where they did it. And he was like, again, conjecture. This is me guessing. Because it is, he just starts kind of rolling with it in a way that he hasn't before, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and by the end of the series, by the last, like, couple seasons, whenever anyone asked him, like, you know, do you want to keep doing the show? Why do you keep doing the show? He's like, oh, yeah, I'll just do it as long as I can because I get a weekly paycheck and my fam- I live close to my family. My family lives here in Canada. I don't have to travel. So I it's felt, like yeah. it was it was a paycheck by him at this point. I mean, he's still good, but he's yeah. like, he doesn't care. Yeah, and I also, and I don't, I'll have to look this up. I will look it up this week and I will maybe do a corrections corner if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure at some point during this season or like the next he has gone on record that he's gone full like Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique, where it's like, I 
do not put me in that makeup anymore, please. Mm-hmm. Let's anything we can do to not because it's just you're there at three a.m. and like that's why the makeup also is starting to get kind of not as good. Where it's just like just slap it on. Like who cares? It's the dark. <laughs> uh, but I'm pretty sure at some point it was like said that he didn't like the makeup anymore because it's it's a lot. I could imagine like he's he's probably still finding rumple glitter all over it's, his home it's gotta be really bad for your skin oh very irritating very irritating i also think that that's why one of the reasons why the hades hair looks as bad as it does is because it looks like the actor refused to wear a um like a bald cap for like green screen mm. to like have a, a space to put it on it was just planted on top of his regular hair and so that, i think that's why the shape is so bad i also I think, wonder if maybe they didn't want to do a bald or they didn't think about the bald cap they just shot everything and then just went it's what it is <laughs> like they were like oh we'll just edit this in post and post is like guys why didn't we put him in a bald cap or literally anything and they're like oh can't you fix that and they went <laughs> paste paint 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 let's um, go to ms paint how about mario party paint <laughs> yeah mario party paint hooray i did laugh and i just wanted to share this because it made me laugh um i watched the episode and then like you texted me later saying you know like, oh yeah his blood powers the fairy but you spelled it out fairy f-e-r-r-y my closed captioning was not on for this episode for some reason and i was like what fairy the blue fairy or the black fairy what's going there's a fairy i was genuinely confused and i was going to ask you about it until you texted me i'm like oh that makes more sense okay i gotta put my closed captioning back on (laughs) yeah so rumple spends the entire episode telling everyone he doesn't want to hang out with them and leaving and so (laughs) So that's pretty that's pretty much his yeah, no, he's he he has no interest in being there. He wants to get out as soon as possible, but he has to fulfill his end of the deal because he's a dark one now. He's all the dark ones in all the universe. So in this evil story, Brooke, which we later get a hint, like maybe was the inspiration for the dark curse or maybe the dark curse inspired it. Like, I think we're going to get a little bit more embellishment on the nature of the dark curse, but they're just like, planting the seeds and i don't quite remember all the details but i'm pretty sure it's gonna disappoint me (laughs) i have no hopes for this if the if the fundamental part of the dark curse was a tiny new england town i have so many more questions like yeah i i get it if we want to reuse a set and we call it storybrook like just do it oh well it just sort of appears as something you're familiar with as to not startle and scare you Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do something in that uh, in that way. But don't just be like, don't think about it too much. It just does. Like, why does it look like Storybrooke? So everyone's dying being like, so that people who died in the Enchanted Forest show up at Storybrooke? With unfinished business? What? It was nice to see some uh, new bodies in town. Because the <laughs> town's been barren forever. I... Yeah, it's just, I love that they're just like, we're going to save everybody. Oh, good. We're going to save the six people that live here. Um, that's, I'm sorry, that's just really funny to me. That, that we get more extras in the underworld, but not that many. The souls of the damned, the, the everyone in limbo, and there's still that few people. You would think it was like a city, like it would be like New York Times, like the, the uh, uh, what am I thinking of? Um, Times Square. At New Year's Eve. You know what I mean? If it's yeah. all of the limbo people with unfinished business. 
Because, I mean, the dirty secret is, like, how many people probably die with unfinished business? Most. Like, if well, you think, I think about the, it. I think the indication is that there's, like, multiple different lands, realms in the underworld that people kind of get shelved to different ones. And But it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense, but we're just going to have to put Oh, because Hades is, like, in the thing and there's different yeah. paths. Yeah. Oh. That makes sense. But I do like the idea of, like, someone in, like, Arendelle with unfinished business dying and, like, showing up in Storybrooke being like, what? <laughs> What's happening? Like, why? I mean, pa- yeah. it would explain why Henry is in old-timey clothes when everybody else has modern clothes. Oh. <laughs> Man, imagine that wake-up call for him because he died to enact the curse. He never saw Storybrooke. But, oh, but he wasn't there. He only got brought in with the beer. <laughs> With the magic beer makes a cameo. Oh, the magic beer. Oh, it just makes it even funnier how much Merida wasted when she only needed a drop. Um, because <laughs> it's in this little tiny thing. But yeah, no. Like, could you imagine being like, "Oh, this is this is what you this is what I sacrificed you for," and you're looking out at like a bummer of a New England town, like, oh, I had With more a cemetery because everyone has a grave. I with his with that name but not like it confused me i i just because he has a different name right like valet or something like that like in the show I, it's a whole thing oh you mean oh the dad yeah because like before they revealed it was the dad yeah anyway, called, yeah actually the, the closed captions called him valet and i got very confused Okay, let's go ahead and uh, pop into all our little vignettes that are going to give an indication of what stories will get closure throughout this half of the season. Uh, first, we've got Mary Margaret heading into Sad Grannies, where everyone's having their sad grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> These grilled cheese sandwiches have unfinished business. <laughs> very sad coffee. Very sad coffee. And who yeah. is tending bar? Apart from someone who looks emaciated and it was well, weird, I can't imagine that there's a whole lot of lot of caloric intake of a of a damned uh, grilled cheese sandwich. And if I had to guess, the the all of the coffee there is the coffee that people have microwaved in an office trying to reheat, deciding it was gross and pouring it on the sink. It's coffee with unfinished business. Uh, it's real <laughs> sad coffee, <laughs> just real depressing, awful coffee. Oh, my God. How many other things in this town? How many other objects have unfinished business in Storybrooke? Chip has unfinished business. Chip is back. (laughs) Chip is back with, 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 he got a vendetta. I love the idea. Like, the unfinished business thing, by the way, also brought to mind, like, the original movie Casper. Mm. And I couldn't, it just all dawned on me. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I need to rewatch it. I used to watch that movie so much. Um, like way too much. And I was obsessed with the idea that they're like in Casper, they never explain the whole, like, cause her dad starts getting loony when he like dies the first time and he turns into a ghost and they're like, no, you have unfinished business. Like you love your daughter. You're being swayed by the antics of chaotic good or chaotic neutral. And he's like, oh yes, I must come back to that life. I'm like, they never explain that with any of the other ghosts. Nope. Like the the woman girl bosses herself into being a ghost and then like accidentally declares that she has no unfinished business. My favorite loophole. You don't have to be in limbo. Just declare 
you're done. <laughs> I I don't have any more. My business is now done. Thank you. Heaven opens up for you. Like checkmate. And she was mad. She got to go to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, not heaven. Ah, no. Hell. <laughs> All right. So, tending bar is none other than the blind witch, played by Emma Caulfield. And uh, I was kind of getting sad whenever they were doing close-ups of her face because the contacts weren't fitting right. So you could like see her natural eye color behind the contacts that they had her in. Also, I think Emma Caulfield sometimes forgot that she was supposed to be blind and like would look right at Snow and then sometimes look away. Like it was, Ugh. it was a little, it was a little funky. But I guess the, I guess the blind witch is gonna have some unfinished business, or she just showed up because it's episode one hundred. I'm not quite. Not quite sure. Maybe. They can't all be Charlie Cox being, like, the perfect blind guy who recognizes that he can't just look at stuff that he needs to grab. See, they should have put her in some cool sunglasses. I feel like in a storybook underworld, the the blind blind fairy would have been like, you know what I'm going to get? Some real cool, like, real cool, like, big giant Paris. I always call them Paris Hilton glasses. I know they're probably something else. Uh, but, like, just big, those big hangover glasses that people would wear. So no one would... You know, just have it be like, yeah, I'm wearing these because I'm inside because I'm so cool. It's fine. <laughs> and while that's happening, uh, David comes in wearing a new jacket, a sleek jacket, even mm. though when he died, he died in the Enchanted Forest and did not wear modern clothes. And the Blind Witch doesn't wear modern clothes. Henry doesn't wear modern clothes. We're, we're being a little picky and choosy did with the who blind updates witch their die wardrobe. In no. no, she died in the Enchanted Forest, but so did See? James. See, we're already pulling our threads. We're already... No, no, it's fine. We've accepted no. it. It's fine. Yes. This is how it is. <laughs> Let's follow Rumpel's example and not ask questions. And we're not going to ask questions. Okay. Well, James, uh, Max face on Snow, and Snow is into it for a moment, and then she's like, oh, yeah, that David David doesn't do tongue like that. No, l- listen, he kisses her fully like... like um, like a, I'm just gonna say it. He, it has like a full like villain moment, like because he mm-hmm. like grabs her by the hips. He, such he does such a great job with this because he fully leads with his hips, and he's just like yeah, baby. Like it's such a, I'm just gonna say it. It's just a very horny kiss, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing where you're just like oh. I love that he does that, and she's just like oh my girl. David does not kiss you like that. He never once has kissed you like that ever. Like that should have just been like wait a minute. What's going on? Invasion of the body snatchers. Because she's like, oh, you changed. With what? Where would he have changed? Why would he have changed? She's so... I don't know. This is this is her I came in on a cyclone moment. Oh, you changed clothes. Yeah. Snow, you walked into Granny's and he popped down on the shop and got fitted at the Underworld Tailor who has unfinished business, but now he's done his clothes so he got to go to heaven. Ray, <laughs> there's just a bunch of a bunch of clothes there left behind. Anyone can take them. My my unfinished business. I needed to make the perfect leather jacket. I have finally done it. I may go. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, while that's happening, you know they're they're trying to kind of figure out how. Obviously, the goal is to get Hook. So they're all everyone's just kind of meandering around in this episode, making cameos with people. And speaking of which, Rumple goes into the uh, disastered remains of his shop. Oh, no, the sign is broken. Things are truly desolate and desperate. But everything's set up on nice little podiums. Oh, yes. We've, got the, we've got the chip to cup. On a uh, throne? We've got the, 
on a, yes, on on a little teacup, a little saucer throne, uh, we have the Geppetto's parents' dolls, which was very disturbing. I'm pretty sure I saw Hook's hand in the background. Probably, because if anything has unfinished business, it's Geppetto's parents and Hook's hand. <laughs> and also the straw doll. The straw doll, um, a clock... Um, I love the idea that inanimate objects have unfinished business. Like, that's probably the thing I will take away from the season. I'm just going to point at things in the background and be like, does that have unfinished business? Does that have unfinished business? It's like, oh, I love it. But yes, the straw doll was there and it was father. Like, it was such a, I, this reveal was really funny to me. It, it was. Uh, but I, I mean, I will admit it was great seeing uh, Peter Pan again. Uh, Robbie K hamming it up. Like a pro with the best of them. And even again, even though Robert Carlyle is is in, you know, phone it in mode, like the two of them still have an interesting rapport together. And I feel like they play well off of each other. And it's even just like even though Robbie hasn't been in the role for a while, I feel like he just kind of naturally just slid in. And it felt like an old man in the body of a child dead running a pawn shop in the underworld. (laughs) that's a big ask for an actor yeah and for like to do it for 30 seconds like Mm -hmm. they spent they probably spent more on the suit than they had to pay him to show up for that because first of all his suit looked amazing Mm -hmm. but again because he's younger he definitely looks like a kid going to like a funeral you know what i mean like it's just like i need to put you in because he did he had that like i'm so sorry for your loss look to him just like i'm so sorry and awkward i don't know what to do at a funeral um no he did great um i remember like again when we first watched this since we hadn't been watching it up until this moment i wasn't really just like i again i didn't really care for the pan storyline so i was like oh god i hope he doesn't come back for a bunch now i'm excited (laughs) yay pan's back yeah and he and we kind of get a few different motivations from these villains with unfinished business in the underworld uh, we've got James. He's the sheriff. He is just basically wanting to to mess with David. And so that's probably going to, you know, that's going to be that whole situation until it gets resolved. Uh, we have the chorus stuff, which we're going to talk about in, in just a moment as the main plot of this episode. And then uh, we have Pan, who, while Cora is like, I want you to leave to save yourself because I know it's best for you. Pan's like, I want I want to go back. I want to be alive again. I can do that if I swap places with one of your buddies. So just like, let me do that. Is that cool? Because then the, then family reunion, we can hang out. We can go see a movie. It'd be great. Yeah. I love the idea. Like, cause again, Pan was a deadbeat dad. So like he has like no leverage. He's like, you should like take, you should like kill one of your friends. So like I can have their place and I can go back, be alive. Why? He hates you. He killed you. Like, literally right outside the shop you're standing in. Like, he just, just right out there. That is such, like, a deadbeat dad moment of just being like, come on. Wouldn't it be so cool if we could hang out more? No. I hate you. (laughs) You suck. I finally got you out of my life. Go away. Stop sending me cards. (laughs) Also, you know very well the moment you have that body again, you're ditching me and you're going to go do your own thing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, like, let's go hang out. But actually, can I borrow 20 bucks? Um, I'm going to run to Walmart real quick. I promise I will be right back. So I'm getting you some new shoes. Yeah. Listen, I it's time for me to start being 
being being a man. We're going to go get some milkshakes, and after that, we'll have a catch. I'm going to go run out back real quick. Give me one second, and then we never see him again. Um, yeah, no, he did a great job. I love that he curated all this stuff just to screw with Rumple as well. Oh, yeah. Because, again, he's a deadbeat dad, but he also just absolutely knows how to destroy his, like, son emotionally and mentally. Oh, yeah, and the best way he does that is, like, you can't, you can't find anything here unless I want you to. Oh, here's the thing you wanted to find. Here's a gift. No catch because I'm going to murder one of your friends later and swap bodies with them. How did Rumple one, know that the magic beer was here? Two, know how to get it? And three, um, I, that's that's it. There's just the two points. The why and the how. <laughs> the third point is also the first two again, please. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I... Does he just, did he just have it? Was this always something that he just sort of had on his back shelf? Like just beer fermenting? Well, I think it's specifically in the underworld. Like he stored it away when he died. But it doesn't make sense that the beer would work in the underworld to contact different, (coughs) different areas of the underworld. Is it like, is it like the under, uh, an underworld cell phone? Just like you pour some beer to, to, to catch up with a friend? Yeah, it's like a find my iPhone, but like, <laughs> it starts, Hook just starts making a beeping noise. Um, but it's also like not very much of it. It's like a very tiny vial. Um, I like the idea because it is beer. I like the idea that if it goes skunky or something, it doesn't work anymore. Like you have to like refrigerate it. It has to, it's got a Best Buy date. It's got the Coors Light Mountains on it to tell you mm-hmm. that it's cold. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I have so many questions about, like, why Rumple knows any of this stuff. And I'm going to guess, bet, Beth, if I'm a betting woman, that we're not going to get a lot of answers to this. <laughs> I, I just, think the, just shot in the dark. I think the answer is going to be he and Hades know each other and they've had dealings in the past. Mm-hmm. And he, also he was dead and Rumple's the most awesome person alive. And can we take a moment to really, truly acknowledge how little the show cares about Belle at this point. Oh, because she's in a small scene because the actress is pregnant. Totally understandable. She's got to get ready for her maternity leave. Uh, congratulations. Well, for this child that was born like a decade ago. I'm sure they're doing great. But like he he's telling her he's got to leave. And she's like. Why? Why do you have to go? I just made made out with you. Why are you leaving again? And he's like, well, I got to do this thing. We got to go to the underworld. We got to get this thing you're not coming with. And also my blood is the only thing that will get them there. And then her, all she says is, come back to me. I'm sorry. If your whole thing was fixing Rumple and getting rid of the darkness forever, wouldn't it give you pause if the first thing he said was only my blood can open the gates of hell. Bell, ask questions. Ask more questions. I do wish that like he would have, this is going to sound terrible because it's, I'm asking for him to lie more. Uh, but I wish it would have just been like, Oh, you know, I'm a hero now. So I got to go do some hero stuff. Hero business is a lot. I think maybe because bell would have decided she also needed to come. Uh, but, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. It's like, oh, I finally got you back. Okay, well, I got to go. I got to go open up the gates of the underworld with my definitely fine and pure blood of awesomeness that's good for my clear heart. 
Uh, definitely not Dark One stuff. It's fine. Um, doesn't explain away anything. I, that's the super. That must be his superpower, as all of the Dark Ones combined. When he says stuff, people just go, "Nice. That sounds. That sounds legit. Fantastic. I believe everything." And then in the main story of this episode, we have Regina, Cora, and Henry Senior, because Regina and Robin. They are, they're, they're going around. They're trying to find Hook as well. That's what everybody's doing. Uh, but they're being followed by a guy who we see in the past and who's only there to die. Oh, this poor guy. This guy, he's a little conniving when we see him in the past, but like, it's fine. Why did we have to kill him twice? Yeah. Regina kills him. And then Cora, like... How does Cora have this much power? And is she like the mayor of uh, the underworld area? It's 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 very unclear. I don't. Yeah, I don't quite understand. But I also don't think she understands. I think she just knows that if people go to this thing, like the Judgment Rock, and she's only ever seen people go down, she like because she disappeared. Like when we do the 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 dad thing later, like she disappears before the rest of it happens. So, like, she does a cool guys don't look at explosions thing, but she doesn't get to see the last cool thing that happened. Because I feel like if she saw what happened to him, because obviously they had to get rid of her, so she thought that it worked. But if she would have seen what happened with the dad, she would have changed her tune completely. Mm. Because I, I don't I don't know if I completely agree at the moment with Cora's characterization of the underworld. At the moment. How so? Like, can you can you elaborate a bit? I I guess I, if I'm remembering with what happens later, because I know that there's some sort of like weird scene with her, Zelina, and Regina all like in like some dilapidated house, having some sort of like parent trap, isolated home bonding moment situation. Mm-hmm. But like right now, like I don't super understand her motivation, and so they just sort of only show us that she's being the her old way. I I don't know. I just. I don't understand. I don't understand her motivation because she doesn't even re- explain it to Regina correctly. She's like, no, I'm looking out for you, but doesn't explain why or how until kind of the end. But even that kind of doesn't make any sense. And then the, yeah, the whole thing, thing happens. Yeah. It's I like the, understand less. Yeah. I think the, the ending thing was like Cora wasn't in power at all. She yeah. was, she was under Hades thumb and she was, I think probably trying to save her own skin. Like trying to save herself, but I think she was she was ordered by Hades to get rid of Regina specifically because I think there's kind of an indication in this episode that Regina's gonna be the hero at the end of this this particular journey. Well, they do do the clock thing too to kind of be like, oh, Regina is Emma. She will come around, and I don't know. I just I think I've been kind of grappling with. I guess I understand because they do have unfinished business, but I'm just. Wondering how something as severe as their own, like, release from the mortal coil does not change them fundamentally in a way. You know what I mean? Like, I get on having mm-hmm. unfinished business and still having a an MO of how you operate. Um, that's redundant. But in MO, um, that, that wouldn't change you in a certain way. Being like, man, I died. Like, I'm a dead person. Like, wouldn't that change you a little bit? Like, your soul would still be the same, I guess, but, like, wouldn't like that change how you acted a little bit especially knowing how some of them did die yeah 
I, I, don't know. I, I agree, but that's that is a, a journey that this show no does not have I, the I fortitude to that. take. I I don't expect that. It's just this is me thinking about it in like 4D chess, where I'm just like, <laughs> if you're gonna explore the underworld, I mean, at least again, the good place kind of ruined the takes that I'm gonna have on this because I'm going to get very philosophical. I'm gonna blow this out way too much, so <laughs> I'll I'll come back home. I just don't I don't know. I'm not sure how I felt about. Uh, Cora's whole motivation. I do think her hair looked fabulous, though. She looked great. Oh, she looked gorgeous. Speaking of which, Abby, do you want to take us through the meeting uh, between Regina and Cora and technically Robin, who barely matters in this episode? And frankly, I feel like he should have sent Henry home. He should have. He should have gone home with Henry, and then Regina should have Why? stayed. Why did we bring Henry to the underworld? Okay, so for it's Regina's birthday. Yeah. Uh, first of all, if I'm remembering correctly, doesn't she first go to that village? No, yes. she doesn't go to the village. No. Oh, yeah. So, oh, we're going into the past now. Oh, I, I was going to have the, the mayor's meeting with Regina and Cora to kind of set up. But we don't really need to talk about it. They talk. Uh, they talk. Cora well, says, so get out. Talk. I've got a boat. It, yeah, they talk. And Cora's like, you have to go. Because I want you to be the full, your full evil self. And if you stay here, that that's not what's going to happen. Like, she is kind of signaling a little bit like this place sucks. But again, when your relationship with your daughter is so terrible, because she's like doing the opposite thing that Pan's doing, because Pan's trying to elicit a favor from someone who objectively hates him. Cora is trying to be trustworthy and just be like, listen, you got to go. But she's also doing it in the way that Cora does, where she's like, you need to go. And to prove that to you, I'm going to threaten everyone around you. Like, you- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send your dad to hell. Yeah, yeah. I have awesome superpowers, and I'm going to send him to hell. What? Um, and, then to, and then to emphasize this point, we'll go back in the past for a second, because mm-hmm. Regina's birthday is, is, is happening. Uh, she, she's unhappy about her birthday, but she like, she goes, she's trying to find Snow White. It's not working. There's some guy that's just like, I could do it. She's like, no, you suck. I don't like you. I, does that happen before her birthday? I'm, I'm completely spacing on that. So it's the day of her birthday. She's gone to the village to, because everyone's brought her presents, like a blueberry pie. Oh my God. The blueberry pie. She like eats it. I thought she was going to kill the pie lady. Oh, no, no. I thought the pilot was going to die. I I thought she was going to die, too. It was really funny, though, because I, I clicked on, like, his name was, like, Blackheart or something. I don't quite remember. It was it was Black something. And um, and I, I look I clicked on it, and he was listed in minor characters, said he is now deceased. And then two entries below was Blueberry Pie Gal, and her status was alive. And I'm like, good for you, Blueberry Pie Gal. You made it. I, you know what? I could, I would always just like, that would be the perfect thing. It was like, oh, I'm at the Evil Queen. I gave her a blueberry pie that was so good, she thought it was medium at best, and then didn't kill me. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think I'm okay. Did it? And I do, I, I do want to make a note that the reason that this past storyline is about Regina's birthday was to uh, acknowledge the 100th episode celebration. I, so. And I, I kind of figured that because they also had really super cool dresses. Um, yes. But anyway. Uh, anyway. This guy's just like, I know where she is. He doesn't know. So her birthday comes up. It is my favorite. It's my favorite shot. Because it's her, like, super gothic sweet 16. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. 
she basically she's all upset about this her dad's just like uh you need to like chill like a lot and she's like no never i will never be chill i am the most unchill person ever and he's like fine i'm gonna have to do something insane so he uses the magic mirror and calls her mom who is in wonderland this had very divorced parent vibes. It had divorced parent vibes so much so that it just, they, the brightness of Wonderland versus the darkness of Regina's castle is so apparent <laughs> because like he calls her and it's so fake looking again. We all accepted it. I'm just pointing it out. It's just, it's all these very bright and vivid and neon looking colors. And then he's just like in blue darkness just like regina needs to be saved she's like no she's doing just fine she's gonna be fine and he's like no 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 no. you're dumb and wrong and i'm sorry i called you and she's like oh well you can't avoid me and then like jumps to another mirror and he's like no i will leave where there will be no mirrors (laughs) i win and like storms out and then cora steps through the mirror and her outfit gets like 10 degrees darker (laughs) like i thought it was a different outfit but it's just lit differently because she's walking from one set to another um yeah so she steps in in her her queen of hearts get up into the enchanted forest she has now entered regina's castle so she has like a meeting then later with the dad and she's like no she needs her you know she needs her vengeance so like she's gonna steal snow white's heart and as she's a like, present. I did it. Yeah, as birthday a present. present. As a birthday present. Happy birthday, honey. Here is a human beating heart. You know, tradition. And, and she like, does it. She does it. She does it so easily. Like, I again, I'm not going to blow this way out philosophically, but there's this whole conversation about, like, Regina just getting in her own way because she doesn't actually want to do it. Like, because she's a good person. She's a hero. So Cora has no qualms with it. She's because it's so very easy to steal Snow White's heart. So she does. She steals it. And the dad's like, you, I'm mad about it. And then like leaves. So then we get to, sorry, I jumped ahead. But now my favorite shot, Regina staring down a candle. That became a meme. It's a meme image. I love that meme image. It's my favorite because she is looking at that candle like it owes her money. And it also (laughs) called her like dirty words. And it's the goth, it's her, her, again, super sweet gothic birthday party. I loved it because her cake, black. With, like, little white pearls around it for, like, accents and stuff. She is wearing this, like, black and, like... I'm going to say it's a blood red color, but I'm going to guess in regular lighting it's probably, like, a very vibrant red color. Uh, and it's got beading. It's all very 2000s to me. Because I'm not going to lie to you, Beth. I had a dress that was like this. It was, like, a black... I wore it to homecoming, so early 2000s. But it was, like, a black full-length dress. But on top of it was, like, this, like, a blood red color with all this beading. Intricate beading. Very much like the dresses that they're wearing. And I was obsessed. I was like, I want their dresses. Their dresses are way cooler than the dress I had. And she's getting ready. She blows the candle. She's like, look at all my gifts. So wonderful and everything. And Cora oh, she And she murders the jester. She murders Cannot the jester. Cannot forget the jester. She murders the jester because the jester sucks. He's like, what did you wish for? And she's like, I wish that you were funny. And you are not, so you must die now. I feel like if you sign up, not even sign up, I'm going to assume that there's some sort of like, the jester program at her castle are probably prisoners. Oh, 100%. Like it's, it's, it's work release programming situation like it's it's bad and so like he yeah so she kills him and he dies 
Cora appears and she's like, yeah, I got you the heart that you wanted. This scene makes me laugh because I have so many questions. She shows her the heart. She's like, look, I have it. I stepped through a mirror because your dad's a dork uh, and let me in. He didn't mean to, but I did. So here's your heart. And Regina's like, oh my goodness, magic mirror. Show me, you know, Snow White. So we see Snow uh, being kind of catty. <laughs> she's like, woohoo, happy birthday to my stepmother. I hope she sucks. Like she's <laughs> terrible. Like they're all toasting this terrible woman. And I'm like, you guys are low key kind of jerks. Uh, not, I mean, whatever, but like, don't let her live that rent free in your head. What are you guys doing? So Regina starts crushing the heart. Snow stands up and is like, oh, uh, 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 and like Charming gets up. Everyone's on their feet. What's going on? Hopper, Jiminy Cricket jumps out of her bosom. <laughs> yeah, he was he was um copping a feel or doing something else. Like I I had like season one of the boys. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> ideas going on. I was like, uh, uh, uh. And then, no, 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 it's all bad. Jiminy, what are you doing? Jiminy, why are you doing that? And then, of course, we can't hear him talk. So, like, I'm, I'm assuming he's saying nothing but foul, dirty things in cricket talk. Like, what kind of weird moment was this? But it was supposed. To, we were then supposed to know that that because that is not actually Snow's heart. She just did Regina. No, I'm sorry. Did Cora just like? magic Jiminy Cricket into her breasts to like for a moment like what did she think was gonna happen if that hadn't happened Regina starts crushing the heart and Snow's just standing there be like yeah my uh my stepmom is kind of a dick anyway more white claws for me thank you (laughs) yeah and who swapped the heart can Henry pull hearts now yeah how did you get an extra heart but from it the also guard. was like a guardsman. So I'm going to assume that Regina just has all the hearts of her guards so she can control them. So that's that was my theory. So he Oh, probably that's would, interesting. So he would go to the heart vault, find. But then, of course, that means just like he he still got to go to the good place, even though he just like basically doomed a man to die. Because he's like, oh, this guy is just one of the guardsmen. He's newer. We'll just boop. Or maybe he made a judgment call and went, this guy is the one that sucks the most. I will switch the hearts. But then can he put the heart back? Did he go yeah. back and put Snow's heart back in her body? Apparently. So Snow's somewhere running around with a memory of some, like, short, older gentleman walking up to her. And does she just not care about her boobs? Like, just, like, walking up and just... <laughs> like, do you remember that time that one old dude copped a feel? Yeah, I do. Was and it before was or somebody... after the cricket? The <laughs> Could you imagine? He shoved her heart back in, but then accidentally killed Jiminy Cricket, who was hanging out in her bra for unknown reasons. <laughs> Here's your heart. <laughs> oh, no. My cricket. So I will admit this was not exactly how I imagined the scene going, although I'm not upset because no. I just had a different expectation. I thought that when Regina got the heart, it was going to be like the dog chasing a car. Mm-hmm. That... Mm-hmm. One, she was going to be upset because Cora did it instead of her and she wanted to do it on her own terms. And two, that like what you said, she didn't actually want to do it. It's it's Wildy Coyote and the Roadrunner. You 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 don't actually want to succeed. Um, like what what are there's like some really great examples. Uh, actually, there are, um so there was the the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game where the beginning of it is they they capture and defeat Thanos. And 
the whole like a bunch of the rest of it is like, well, what do we do with our lives now? What's the point of all this? It's kind of like Regina getting really bored after she brought everyone for the curse. Like you don't actually want to achieve your goal. Regina never truly wanted to. But that's not how they approach the scene. I wasn't upset by it, but I just wanted to make a note. That that's kind of what was going in my head. Yeah, I agree. I also saw it going that way. I saw it going where she would just be like, no, I don't want it this way. I want my revenge, but I want my revenge my way. <laughs> my way. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and she would have given the heart back and just been like, you know, you get this back. You get one you know, whatever. Yeah. Or like Regina put it back in, in Snow's body. Yeah. Could you, you imagine know? if she tried to do that, but it wasn't her heart. It was like, now, like how funny would that have been? Like that would have been a hilarious long con game of just being like, Snow didn't actually give away half of her heart. She just accidentally had two hearts shoved in her body <laughs> because the dad switched the hearts and put her heart back. And then Regina randomly right before the dark curse shoved a guardsman's heart into her chest <laughs> And Snow's been walking around with excellent blood pressure because she's got two hearts chilling in her body and she ends up saving somebody because she has an extra heart for a reason we only find out later. Also, she randomly has the desire to wear a feathered helm and can never explain it. She's walking around just like that. She's really big on like uh, having a post, like wanting to yeah. guard places. And like, she's just like, no, 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 I, I will stand post. I am very good at this. And also, I don't think Regina's that wrong. What's happening? Uh, oh. So she's mad, and so she's basically like, Mom, how dare you? And she's mad about it. Also, Dad, how dare you? So Dad, how dare you? So then Dad shows up, and the dad is just like, listen, I did what I thought was right. I'm like, I'm not sorry. I won't apologize for what I did. I, like, I let your mother, you know, control you, and I won't let that happen. I might be confusing it with a speech at the end, but, like, he was just like, no, I'm, I'm not sorry. Like, this isn't what you want. This isn't what you need. I made a mistake. She's here. I'm sorry. I corrected my mistake by bringing her here. So I switched the hearts. So this box, and he's like pointing at the box. He's like, this box will remain empty. And she's like, I will fill this with the things that I love the most. And so she puts her dad in there. And then suddenly I had questions again about how he's eating and peeing and pooping. And so I'm like, I gotta, I need to stop thinking this big. Like, it's probably just a magical thing. She did give us a throwaway line of, you'll be fine in there. Yeah, you'll be fine in there. (laughs) It just kind of reminded me of like. Uh, in Harry Potter when the real Mad-Eye Moody is in, like, the chest and stuff and he mm-hmm. looks like he's just been in prison. I'm like, did the guy, like, randomly drop food in there? Is he magically sustaining him? I don't know. Many questions that we'll never get answered. <laughs> so this is how we get the answer to why is dad in a box? Dad is in a box because on her birthday she got crazy mad at her mother. So then her mom shows up and for whatever reason, I don't know if I was right or not, but the f- Cora is wearing a dress that is... Not exactly like what Regina is wearing, but pretty close. Like the same fabric. Because it's got the same beading. It's got the, it's more Cora styled. But it's like if she was like, I want that dress, but for it to look like it belongs on the mother of the bride and not the bride. Yeah. I mean, I think probably logically it's that this this shit was expensive because this was a oh, yeah, beautiful, yeah. expensive dress. And they're like, well, we're just going to make two of them because we have this extra fabric. But story wise, I think you have a great headcanon here in that yeah. it is it is like the mother of the bride wearing white. 
Yeah. No, I had like the thing that first popped in my head, which is why I was saying, I don't know if I'm right or wrong on this one, but the first thing that popped in my head was a very Carrie Fisher, Debbie Reynolds moment mm-hmm. of being this like, oh, I'm here, but I've also come to upstage you and wear a dress that looks like yours, but looks way cooler. Like I love Regina's dress, but then, then there's also her. They're like, we're matching. Oh my God. Isn't that crazy? Yes, mother. I made this dress myself. Where did you find the fabric? <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? Um, but then, yeah, they both look stunning in this whole thing. And she's just like, Hey, we both look stunning. You know what this scene needs? Some terrible CGI. So mother, I will be banishing you back into Wonderland. And this is, this is us cleaning up the, the, the storyline a little bit, uh, being like, and I will banish you in a way that even I can't get you back from. So just putting on the barriers that we had earlier. Yeah. To be like, oh, well, we never explained why they were there. So we can have her come back for a second before we explain it. So then we have these weird hands (laughs) come out of the mirror and do this weird flubber moment of grabbing her by the waist. But like they, it doesn't like wrap around her. It just sort of like cups her. And it's so pulls. bad. It's so, it's bad. so strange. And she's like, no. The oddly cinematic moment of Regina, because she goes, I'm going to go, but I'm going to make your life suck. And so she flips her little wrist. I like that I did it over here. I'm just explaining a joke here. I did it over here, but then I'm like, oh, Beth didn't see me. So I pulled my hand back in here. <laughs> I did this and I swooshed my hand and she swooshes the box with the dad to her. So now Cora is being pulled back into Wonderland with the dad in the box. And it turns into super slow-mo for a for a second and it's so oddly cinematic. Because mm-hmm. she Cora is then like lifted up off of her feet. So cuz again they're wearing these big fluffy dresses so that you can get this cool silhouette of her being sucked into the mirror, feet up in the air and Regina going, "Daddy no!" and like lunging and so the dress is also coming up so you can see that she's wearing her high heels and stuff like it only happens for a split second it's beautiful mm-hmm. for absolutely no reason i'm obsessed with this shot uh it only happens for a second and then that so that's explaining first of all regina's birthday hooray she i'm mad that it wasn't a cupcake i'm furious that it wasn't a cupcake it was a giant cake but I'm assuming it was a giant cake for the cast and crew to then eat because it's the 100th episode. Yeah. Also, it's like Regina wouldn't just have a cupcake. Regina would have a giant cake that she would not eat because it would oh. not it would it would not meet her standards no matter what it was. Oh, absolutely not. Be like, no, because it would have been like, oh, my gosh, this this cupcake is amazing. I'm going to eat it. And then the chef comes out and it was like he has like a Pierre from like uh from Beauty and the Beast was like, oh, it's a blueberry. And it's like, she kills him. Cause she's just like, it's not apple. I demand apple. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's the, that's the past. This is explaining why the dad did what he did and what his brain, where his brain was before he got put into the box where he was yes. mentally. Yes. And Regina gets a chance to to talk with her dad because um, she gets the magic beer, which for some reason in the wiki I'm reading calls it a potion. Hmm. And I'm like, it's the beer. It's the magic beer. We're we're all very clear on that. I'm going to keep it as magic beer. I don't care what they call it. And she gets to see her dad and she's like, look, mom is forcing me to leave so that 
uh, you can be safe. And so I'm leaving so that you don't go to hell for all eternity. And it's like, no, no, it's cool. I'll go totally go to hell. I'll go to hell. It's fine. You stay here because you got to stand up to your mom. I'll be cool. Don't worry. Hell, probably not that bad. I think I'll be cool. I think I'll be okay. And we do get a deleted scene that uh, I actually showed Abby before we started taping because I think it's actually pretty notable and I'm surprised they didn't include it because there was a scene that they filmed where Regina was getting ready to leave. She was heading to the boat with Robin and Henry. They say their goodbyes to, to Snow. Snow and Regina have a beautiful hug. And there's this whole very, you know, like, come full circle of Regina with her, with this, with this new group of people who mean so much to her. And then she has a realization of like, no, we're not going because this is my family now. These friends are my new family and I need to fight for them. And I don't want to just do what my mom says. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel because you saw it too. I actually feel like we were missing something, not having this scene. I agree um, for a number of reasons. And the first of all is because, um, one of my favorite uh, fantasy things is always like werewolves because I'm obsessed with found family because werewolf stories are always found family stories. Mm -hmm. um, so I, and then that's just what I love about this show. This is a very found family. Like even though th some of them are very clearly related, they are very found family, no matter like their actual connections or not. And I love that. And that's what this is. Um, Cause I think Cora even, I don't remember if she says it in this scene or like the next scene, but she, she makes a comment be like, no, you need to go. And, and again, she says it. Um, I've been reading too many uh, fantasy and romance books lately because they're easily digestible and Kindle Unlimited is amazing. Uh, but she's like, no, you can go and you may have your thief. And it sounds so like, has such a romance story to it. No, go be with your thief. It's like, I love this. <laughs> um, yeah, this scene was, I think the reason they didn't include it was because of how awkward it was. If you yeah. watch it, like, Henry's kind of odd in it. He's speaking like he's reading this the the lines in a, from a like, cute card. on a cue card off screen. Like, he, he it doesn't seem right. He doesn't seem like he's... And then Robin is there just to nod. And walk... Yeah, stand around awkwardly fumbling around. And then the ferryman is in the background. And then sometimes during the most key moments, he's, like, in the foreground. Yeah. And, like, there's a weird skeleton hand yeah, on his like, ferry that's just wagging around. <laughs> Like Beth's okay, so here's the deal. Like Beth sent it to me. And she's like, "This is probably." I would like. I was just like, "I want to talk about the scene." So like, you watch it, and it's like we were already in the call, so I start watching it. They kept doing so many like important hero shots of the ferryman, and I told Beth at one point, I'm like, "If the hood comes off this ferryman and it's Regina, I'm gonna freak out." Like I'm just like, what? Like I was waiting for some sort of like weird moment with the ferryman, and it never came. It was just like a weird artistic shot for no, like there was no reason to do it. It just seemed like it was drawing too much attention to the ferryman mm -hmm. for no reason. And it was awkward because Henry and it just, it was also a little awkward with Regina. Like I liked what was being conveyed, but it was also very, um, stodgy. I don't know mm. a good word for it. Like it just seemed forced, but again, Maybe we reshoot the scene and try a little bit better because it does make what happens with the dad make more sense because we don't get to see Regina actually coming to any conclusions. No, because we don't actually, we don't see her make the jump 
in logic from I need to leave to it's important for me to stay and why it's important for me to stay. She just stays. And she so like the next scene we see is her and Henry running to the the CGI hellscape thing with like the bottom and the, then the, the, top. Mordor, the Mordor thing. <laughs> the Mordor. Yes, they go to Mordor. That's what we're calling it from here we're, on out. We're in Mount Doom. Yes, Mount Doom Mount decides Doom. whether you go to heaven or hell. Yes. And and the dad is there and he is being surrounded by fire and the mom's doing it to him. I'm guessing Hades tells her which ones go there and she just has to do it because otherwise, like, why is she making these choices? But he's like getting surrounded and then Cora gets wished away or something or she leaves. And and then it it turns out he's fine. And then the road completes itself and the birds are singing and the sun is shining. And he gets to have a lovely moment with Regina and this, the actor who came back, who plays the dad, he's he, uh, Tony Perez. He's so good. I he's love so this. sweet. He was, he's such a sweet old man. This was such a good scene for him. Like, they did wonderful together. Again, tears. I was just like, I love this. Because Cora leaves, so Cora doesn't see that this is a possibility. Because I think, mm-hmm. as we talk about it later, like, as we go forward, I think what Cora knows versus what she doesn't know is very apparent and I think she doesn't know that there's an option other than down Mm -hmm. because in Cora's mind there's no such thing as heaven I would guess I would postulate you know what I mean like this is heaven this is the afterlife I don't think she understands that like limbo is you have unfinished business because I guess if they don't know that I would understand why they don't change their ways yeah you know what I mean because I feel like I don't know. To me, I feel like anyone should be working towards bettering themselves. Like this, like, it was a fault in me. It was like, why would you do this? Oh, because they don't care enough to change themselves. She's the she's the queen of the underworld. Why would you do anything? But we do get this great scene. Like, so Cora has no idea that there's an up option on the elevator, and the dad is very sweet in this. She's a, a very wonderful moment. Again, tears because I always cry around Mount Doom. I may not be able to carry your burden, Regina, but I can carry you. <laughs> then he goes and he, to heaven. And he gets to meet his grandson and oh namesake, Henry. And, and you know, he, he, God, God bless our, our wonderful Henry. This is at a very awkward stage for him as a, as a teenager and as an actor. So I'm just, I'm going to cut him all the slack in the world. Oh, because, absolutely. You know, it's, it's not. This is a rough time. He's he's a very good child actor. This is a hard stage. And it's yeah. also a hard role he's been giving given at that stage. So I'm I'm being very forgiving. I am also I I believe that a lot of the problems that he has is that a lot of his lines are are not for him. I don't yeah. think they know how to write him right now. I don't no. think they ever recover either. Honestly, no. if I'm remembering correctly, they never figure out how to write Henry again because, again, the infamous Pop-Tart stuff that we will talk about next season, it's just they, they try to give him moody teenager energy for out of nowhere later. It, they just don't know how to write Henry right now. They they brought him in as a little kid and then they got stuck and then they've been trying to course correct for a while and I don't think they ever quite get it. So nothing against the actor. The actor is doing what he can. Um yeah, but 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 Tony Perez, you know, gets that very beautiful moment with with her with his daughter and with uh, his grandson. Meeting his and, grandson. 
and gets to see that his legacy has carried on and that she has carried on his memory. And I think that's a very beautiful thing for him to experience. Well, I think that if you if you are in the underworld with your unfinished business and your daughter has crushed your heart and the only thing that you know is that she did it to enact the dark curse, the last thing that you would expect is for her to appear with a son that she has named after you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't think... I don't think that that would have registered because like, you know, he, he knows that he loves her and he makes that clear. He's like, no, I, I've always loved you. Like I've always wanted the best for you. But like, that is her being able to signal it in a way being like, Oh yeah. And this is my son. I named him after you because I loved you so much. I'm so sorry for what I got. That speaks so much. Mm-hmm. And that's such a, it's, you know, naming somebody after you, like, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Just be like, oh, this, I named them. I named my, my kid Abby after you. I would lose my mind. <laughs> I I would have had a full mental breakdown and then they would have sent me to hell. Like, be like, you are reacting way too much to this. We need you. No, thank you. Um. Also, I don't know why this just popped into my brain. Do you think that they called it a beer in Dumbrock because it was brewed and it was the only way to get them to understand? I brewed this. It's a potion. But you brewed it so it's beer? and i also now i'm realizing that there was only a little bit of it because they had to like merida was given a big batch of it and we never see the rest of that batch but rumple only has a little bit of it because they don't want to use it to be like you'd be able to call anybody you want all the time yeah so there's like we don't want to do that they use it for the dad and they also use it to call hook yes to try and see where he's at go great no the signal's bad that our 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 beer cell phone and hook is bad yeah, he's in he's in bad shape. He's got one of his eyes is closed. He's all bloody. He can't see or hear them. Emma gets very sad. It, it's it's a sad moment, but it's also really weird that they're in the middle of this weird cemetery thing because apparently, like I said before, everyone has a gravestone. Everyone has a grave, and and Hook says it. I'm sorry, Rumple says it. Like everyone should know, and like that everyone is stupid for not knowing. I like, oh, oh my god, god. everyone has a grave, with, Emma. Like, he does have the. So we talked about this the first, like, the first go around where we were talking about, like, everyone kind of going through, like, a hyperfixation of Greek mythology. I love the idea that, like, Hook, or not Hook, uh, that Rumple is doing that, where he's just like, guys, don't you know? Didn't you read anything? In the underworld, it's always shaped like Storybrooke, and everybody has their own headstone, because it's where they sleep. Oh my god. Do you not read? Are you not an intellectual like myself? <laughs> this is this is lore literally anyone should know. What is going on? Because, you know, it's all made up and he just says it like everyone should know. And even the watcher is going, what? <laughs> okay. There's And there should also be, be so many more headstones. They should have spent so much more time looking for Hook's headstone. And yeah, especially also, because Hook literally just died when they went. His body is still hanging out by the river. They haven't had time to bury him and give him a headstone yet in the real world. So how would they know where his one is in the in the, the dead world? Also, as somebody who knows stuff like this, it takes a while to get a headstone. Guys, supply chain is a whole thing. Um, and, like, it takes you, like, a year to get one. So, like, I'm sure the underworld has probably maybe better ec- uh, economy. Oh, no. Now I'm wondering about, wondering about the infrastructure of Storybrooke Underworld. Uh, where does where does Cruella get her underworld gas? 
Does the money have unfinished business? The gas has unfinished business. All of the gas that powers uh, Cruella's uh, car is all the gas that drips off of your nozzle when you transfer it from your car back. It, it's not much, but it's what they've got. It costs $20 a gallon. Um, well, I did actually. There was a sign that said like 15 a gallon or something. Yeah. Overpriced, overpriced gas in the other world. It's an apocalypse. Wow. Thanks, Biden. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. All right. So we close out with Cora heads into the library uh, and she heads down the elevator. She's going down, 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 super, super far. To six, uh, six, hair's six. whipping in the breeze. We get to floor 666 where none other than Hades is getting a pet, is getting a mani-pedi. I, it's like character wise, I think it's an interesting choice, but also there's a, there's a weird foot fetish thing. I'm not going to put on the actor, but it's just something we have to acknowledge that there's some weird, weird feet fetish stuff out there. And this was like, okay. Listen, I, and I just wanted to check. I apologize. I watched too much dropout and they, they, they talk about this uh, way too much on, on dropout on different various channels that they have. Um, but I looked it up. Uh, he is not in wikifeet.com. <laughs> For this scene. No one has put this into WikiFeet. So that's good. Good. I guess. But yeah. now I have WikiFeet in my Google search history. So you're all welcome. I also then have questions about the woman doing the pedicure. Do we get answers to... I, I, do we get answers to who she is? Why do I, I feel like we do? I feel... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's maybe Megara. I don't remember. Maybe. I believe, but I feel or, like or, we do get an yeah, answer to this. I do think um, we get an answer. But yes, he is getting a pedicure. <laughs> also, like, he's getting a pedicure in the weirdest way. Like, as someone who gets pedicures, you, like, sit kind of straight up with your feet in a bucket. Like, he is lounging, and she's, like, desperately trying to take care of his feet while he lounges. That poor woman. Yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't give a shit. I know. And, and like, I, I want to, like talk about this performance because i will say greg german the first time i saw him as hades i hated him i could not stand it but i was also very primed to hate him just because of how much hope i had for this this performance and this storyline in particular and with the hair and everything i was very disappointed um but we've all agreed the original voice of hades sucks the actor sucks, yes. The actor sucks. So we we can just ignore that portrayal. We don't have to think about it anymore. It's Greg German time now. <laughs> I want to do the thing that, uh, that, that that people that read books, like when they say they want to separate the author from the work. Mm-hmm. I want to separate the voice from the actor. <laughs> can we... Because I, I, I always loved I always loved Hades' character. Because, mm-hmm. again, Hercules, if... I, I know I've gone on tangents before. Hercules is so fundamentally wrong on about everything. I mean, just about everything. But I'm obsessed with that movie. We watched it the other day. And by the other day, I mean a couple months ago. But I just kind of put it on. And I sat down. And I sat there and watched the whole thing. And I went, I have watched this so many times in my life. I had the VHS set for it. I had that giant Disney VHS mm-hmm. cover situation for the it. The vault one. The, the vault, vault version. One. Yeah, like, because... So there used to be, like, if, if you're Gen Z and you don't have a lot of interactions with just tapes, usually you see the cardboard, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. Disney used to have these big plastic, like, they're very, um, 
reminiscent of like what you would think you would open anything up in a package now because you know how everything has way too mm-hmm. much plastic in it uh this is how it is it's big and giant for no reason it looked like it could survive a fall from like a giant roof like you could huck it off your roof and it would like live you could throw it out of your car and it would just bounce it had like a life proof case on it for absolutely no reason anyway i digress i was obsessed with this movie it was like this and beauty and the beast those are the mm-hmm. two disney movies i watched so much also pocahontas but Pocahontas it's a different thing so I was disappointed with the portrayal of Hades because I liked the chaotic nature of the original Hades portrayal but again I also like I know that we start kind of unfolding his lore a little bit more as we go through and again it's just it doesn't line up with anything and it annoys me but I did enjoy this introduction a lot more than I did the first time. Yeah. He is, he is, he's doing his own thing and I can respect that. I do not respect the blue hair. I refuse (laughs) to accept it. I'm mad about it. And I'm mad that it appeared at a random time. Like it didn't, like she turned around and we're going to talk about it, but she like turns around. Why does he, why does he reveal his blue hair? Just like for his own edification. Like, what are we doing? I think the thing that impressed me the most about this portrayal was that I believed that Cora didn't have power in this situation. And that's a big ask because Cora yes. is a powerful character. And if you're if it's written that she that she is under the thumb of this other more powerful person, that character and actor have to pull it off and I feel like he 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 wasn't perfect but like if for example if the actor who played arthur was in the same situation i don't think he would have done it as like greg did so i i enjoyed the menace of it and i enjoyed the the cool sassy anger like he was very biting like it it felt like a guy who looks into your eyes and knows all your shit and will make you feel like shit for it Oh, well, and he also had that kind of, like, you, he had, like, a, I don't know how to explain it, but the bravado of somebody who's had power for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what he was portraying the most. Like, we talk a lot about, like, when Merlin was do like, when, what Merlin was projecting, and Merlin was projecting this, like, I can kind of see the future, and I'm just exhausted by it, and I've been alive for way too long, and I'm just kind of over all of it, so, like, I act this way. Hades was definitely portraying, like, I have been the king of this domain for so long. Like, for an entire... I've been watching too much. Uh, or, again, like I said, uh, The Good Place has messed with my brain. For a full Barami. Like, several mm-hmm. Barami's. Um, and he does. He has the air of a man who has never had somebody above him, like, in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Even his own recent memory. Like, it's a vague, vague recollection of if anybody has ever been. And so he did. Like, he, and it was this effortless thing. And the way that the actress who plays Cora was reacting to it definitely had a, I'm scared of this person. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of this person and what they can do. And when he does something terrible to me, which, my God, my favorite thing, what is the worst thing you can do to Cora? You put her in peasant's clothes. <laughs> And you give her a wheelbarrow full of flour. That's the worst thing that he could do to her. 
I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with how, like, shallow she is for that portrayal. Like, that's hysterical. If you think about it for, like, two seconds. It's like, oh, I'm going to make you feel like the smallest person in the world. Your clothes kind of suck now. <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's, it is accurate. Like, it is. I'm sorry. If you put, if you threw her down into the ring of fire, like, yeah, it would suck. But put her in peasant's garb and make her smell again and make her and put her in a hell where she's like Sisyphus having to move that flower up the hill both ways every time. Like, you know, he he hit the nail on the head. The legend of Sisyphus, but it's just a woman in a bag of flowers. <laughs> I, just, I took it up to the top and then it just exploded. Um, as someone with celiacs, that this whole scenario terrifies me. Um, but I also like, I don't know. I don't remember if I remember, I, this, I connected these dots, but I was like, it's funny that Regina's last name is Mills. Mm. Oh, that's poignant. So, <gasps> but I love how, I love how like also like rich and haughty he is where he's like, I will turn you into the Miller's daughter. What did they do at Mills? Mill things? I don't know. I have, I've. Know? He's he's the kind of person who, when someone asks how much money he has, he says he's well off. Here, here's twenty dollars. How much? How much could a gallon of milk cost, Michael? <laughs> well, I mean, in the underworld, it probably does cost twenty bucks. Well, that's also probably true. Um, but it, you know what? It is a very like white collar, blue collar thing. He has a white collar rich man, and Cora has done everything she can, including which he reveals that he knows Zelina exists. Yes. And I love that she's shocked by this, that a, like, the god of the underworld would know trivial, not not even trivial, like, putting your baby in a tornado in order for you to continue on your life. That's not a trivial detail about your life. It's a fundamental part of your life. Um, it's, it's wild that he only just now dropped that to her. That shows, a, that shows like, mm-hmm. a sign of withholding on his part. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy. Like, I, I... It's wild how much more I appreciate his portrayal at this moment, this time, this go around. I was flabbergasted. I am very much looking forward to it being ruined. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No, this is, no, listen, we, again, this is steering into the, into the crash. Like we're, we're, mm-hmm. you know, you're supposed to steer out of the skid. We're steering into the skid. We're just, actually, we're letting our hands off the wheel. Okay. Like Hades take the wheel. Just the airbags will deploy. We will be safe on a happy landing. It's just going to suck while it's going down. Um, but yeah, so he sends her away with her giant wheelbarrow of flour and she takes it. I guess I got to get rid of this. Wouldn't it have been great if she turned into Rose McGowan again too? That would have been hysterical. I would have loved that. Um, but yeah, he she turns around and she starts limping out with her wheelbarrow and that's when his hair goes blue. I'm just... Again, it's such a stupid reason for me to be mad about it. But it's like, first of all, it's bad. But it's just like, I don't understand the motivation of him being like, ah, oh, yes, my hair is blue now. Like, no one's there to enjoy it. Well, yeah. Also, like, the whole thing with his character in in the movie was that his hair was just blue all the time. And then it became red when he was angry or emotional or, or had this outburst. So he never, like, turned the hair all the way off unless, they're, like, someone put water on it. But... I digress. It's fine. Like, it didn't it, bother me as much. I'm I'm here for the ride. I'm just, just 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 keep saying it. Just keep saying. It. I just wish there was more motivation. We'll put it that way. 
once there was more motivation for his hair to go blue. Like if he got mad and it became blue or when she looked at him and he was like, you, you will go and you will take the wheelbarrow. Blue hair. Oh no, it's this powerful blue flame of eternal night terrorist. Anyway, anyway, so Cora is not as in power and that is terrifying because someone is more in charge than she is. Um, also, Cruella de Vil, by the way, I don't know if we mentioned it. She is also there. And apparently the mayor or something, she's in charge. No, I, I'm pretty sure that Cora was the one in charge. I'm guessing that I'm guessing there's going to be a power vacuum. And I, from what I remember, I think Cruella and Arthur try to fill that power vacuum now that Cora is the Miller's daughter and, and, and is presumably going to get to also go to heaven at some point in there's this a, season. Yeah. There's a lot of political intrigue that goes on in this season. So like, yes. Yeah. Well, everybody, that was season five, episode 12, Souls of the Departed. Like, I mean, we've said everything that needs to be said. I'm just going to close out with this. I know this season is going to be stupid. But having accepted that and being okay with it, I'm I'm feeling already like I'm going to have a better time than with Dark Swan. Yes, and we're also going to have a lot better time than we did last time. Because last time we were holding on to some, like, shred of expectation. And mm-hmm. now that we have released that, 20, this is this is what we will go into 2023 with. This is how, this is what we need to do. Just, just release, just release the thing that we are holding in our fist and just exist. And we will enjoy, because I enjoyed this so much more. I know when I watched it the first time, I was confused and kind of mad about it. <laughs> I was like, wait what now i had a good time i had Mm -hmm. i had some emotional cries i was like oh this is wonderful i do still have some big overarching questions that i will allow the rest of the season to answer or not answer or to make worse and more questionable having a good time we're gonna have a great time guys um i'm excited to see the the actor for hades now and to not be mad about it (laughs) I am nervous for Hercules and Meg because I remember <gasps> being very upset about what, not very upset. I'm, I don't want to say that like it was a cancelable offense, but I just remember being like built up and then disappointed. And I believe they're coming into place next week. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. But in the meantime, we want to thank all of you wonderful people for listening and supporting and journeying with us into the underworld. We want to thank all of our patrons, especially our Swan Queen patrons. This week's Patreon shout out goes to Samantha Hustle. Thank you so much, Samantha. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash timing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or a lot of other places where you get those podcasts, Spotify, you name it. It's there enjoy it it's there for you um you can also join the facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash oua timing and abby is there another outlet you want to plug because i'm not going to plug twitter anymore because i don't know i i have not tweeted since november um i think i'm just done i cruise it every once in a while um just to kind of keep up with stuff i have not Mm -hmm. deleted it or i can't bring myself to delete it (laughs) Like, yeah. fully, I can't, there's too much there. Oh, I'm not even history. To, I'm not even verified or anything. Like, I'm not a person that cares. But like, again, I was watching Emily in Paris the other day and nothing I wanted more in the life than to angry tweet about it. And then I'm like, no. So I do need to still find something. Um, I'm debating just making like a once upon a time Tumblr, like fan account to just shit post about once upon a time on Tumblr. 
Oh my god, because I would totally, I would totally participate in that. Fantastic! I will one hundred percent do that, and then I will plug it next week when we uh, do the next podcast. Um, because there's still the fandom is still very much alive because uh, mm-hmm. obviously on Tumblr, no fandom ever. Tumblr fandoms never die. No. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, no. All right, we're gonna be back plug. next week with Tumblr and what? season five, episode thirteen, labor of love. Until then, thank you so much for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week.